0: God is with us today. We don't see him or the angels, the Holy Spirit or Jesus. God is with us and God is with you.
1: Pastor Morris returns to Psalm 46 in today's Healing Word message titled, Stand By Me. As you listen and meditate on the message today, you'll discover that God is on our side and He provides peace on the inside of you and me. So once again, let's join the congregation at the Largo Community Church and discover the wonderful promises God offers.
0: Last evening, I got a text message. It's entitled, Angel Priest Visits Missouri Accident Scene. A young girl uh, attending the university in uh, Jefferson City, Missouri was in a terrible car accident. And uh, it was believed by most people there that an angel visited her. And the angel looked like a Roman Catholic priest dressed in the garb of a Roman Catholic priest. Now, I believe in angels. I'm going to talk to you this morning about angels. And uh, I want to I begin by just giving you a little bit of background on this um, that came through. It um, said, uh, the black garb priest does not appear in any of the nearly 70 photos of the scene of the accident in which a 19-year-old girl almost died. No one knows the priest, and he vanished without a word said the fire chief of New London Missouri i think it's a miracle the fire chief said i would say whether i would say whether it was an angel that was sent to us in the form of a priest or a priest that became an angel i don't know either way i'm good with it <laughs> the mother of the teen was uh, uh, said that her daughter was critically injured just about died and um that uh, the girl asked for prayer. She, she requested somebody pray for her. They couldn't get her out. She was just mangled in among all that metal. And she said, and when somebody prays for me, she said, I want them to pray out loud. She wa- I want to hear the prayer. And uh, all of a sudden the voice said, I'll pray for you. And a silver-haired priest in his 50s or 60s, black pants, black shirt, and black collar with visible white insert, um, just appeared from nowhere. And it struck the fire chief as odd because the street was blocked off two miles from the scene and no one from the nearby communities recognized him. He said, we're all local people from four different towns, the police chief, uh, the fire chief said. We're only... We only have one Catholic church in the town, and it wasn't their priest. And uh, the priest uh, prayed. He took out a bottle of oil. He anointed her, and uh, then he was gone. Well, you, you decide what, what, I, what you think about this. But the Scripture says that sometimes we entertain angels unaware. Angels will appear in the way that will comfort us. And this girl, no doubt, needed to know that this was not just a, a, a layperson. I, I don't mean it that way, not just a layperson. But uh, something about the girl made her feel comfortable when she saw a priest. And uh, angels come disguised. There have been times, I'm sure, that we have come close to having a terrible accident. And uh, we will testify that God saved us and we didn't know quite how he did it. But someday when we get to heaven, we're going to find out an angel is going to walk up to me and say, I was there. I didn't see, you didn't see me, but I was there. We entertain angels unaware. Everywhere we go, we do not do anything in secret. Nothing is done in secret. God is with us, Emmanuel. We say it, but then we go off and hide and think that we're not observed. But we are all the time in our hurt, in our pain. When accidents happen, God is there to bless, to help us, even when we don't see him. Paul the Apostle experienced that message from Psalm 46 when he had the terrible shipwreck. Okay, let me give you a little bit of background to this story. Paul the Apostle was on his way to Rome to be tried before Caesar when that shipwreck took place. But let's go back just a little bit. What happened? Paul was in Jerusalem and he went to the temple to pray and some unscrupulous Jews saw him go into the temple and they accused him of taking some Greeks with him into the temple. Greeks non-Jews, Gentiles. And these unscrupulous Jews said Paul desecrated the temple. Well, for two years, Paul was arrested and uh, there was trial after trial after trial by the Romans. And near the end of the two years, they were about to let him go. Now, it all happened because somebody accused him of taking some Greeks into the temple. He was arrested two years because of that false accusation. After two years, they were going to send him out back to the Jews because they said, there's nothing that we can accuse him of. There's nothing worthy of death. Well, Paul knew that if they gave him back to the Jews, it would have been his death. They would have, the Jews would have killed him. So Paul said, I appeal to Caesar. Now, Paul was a Jew. He was born a Jew. His parents were Jew. He even said, I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews, meaning he was a very strict Jew, raised by very strict Jewish Hebrew parents. But he was born in the city of Tarsus, which was a Roman city, which now made him a Roman citizen. Because of his citizenship as a Roman, he could appeal to Caesar, which he exercised that right, and he appealed to Caesar. Caesar. So uh, Festus and Agrippa put their heads together, these governors, and they said, okay, he appeals to Caesar, to Caesar he goes. They put him in chains, put him on a ship, and sent him to Rome. Well, on his way to Rome, after many days of traveling by ship, a nor'easter of hurricane force broke out. For 14 days... They couldn't see the sun, the stars. The sky was just dark and the winds blew. They thought the ship was going to go down. They unloaded everything of weight, all the tackle. And then the scripture says in verse 20, When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. You know, it's a terrible thing when you give up hope. When you don't have any hope, they gave up all hope. You know, I think of that song that our men sing here from the men's fellowship: "I almost let go." Remember that song? Yeah. "I almost let go." Friend, uh, if you're there today, if you're on the verge, if you're right there, give it your, your hope is almost gone, and you're, you've almost decided to let it go. Hold on. <laughs> Look to the Lord. He has a way. He is your God. He answers prayer. And if need be, he will dispatch an angel and will bless you and comfort you. And it just could be that this sermon this morning is the very angel that God is sending to you to comfort you, to bless you, to strengthen you, and to give you hope to hold on just a little bit longer. Amen. Amen. Hold on. Hold on. on. here's what happened i'm looking at verse 23 paul got all the shipmates together he said last night an angel of the god whose i am and whom i serve stood beside me last night it happened when all hope was gone when they thought they were going to die and be drowned in the ocean he said an angel stood by me in hebrews chapter one verse four We are told that angels are ministering servants of the Lord. They come to minister to us, to help us, to bless us. Jesus is with us always. He has an angel there with him. And he tells the angel, save her, protect that child, go get that person, oversee, look out for. Jesus is there. The angel is there carrying out his biddings for you and me. Why don't he just let us die and go to hell? That's the only thing we deserve. We don't deserve heaven. We don't deserve mercy. We have scorned God for years before we gave our heart to him. And even now, we do some very ungodly things and have ungodly thoughts. Why he puts up with us. God is love. That's the only reason. That is the only reason. God is love. And he loves you with an everlasting love. He is with you forever and forever. He has an angel to guard over you. Friend, you are a privileged person. Amen. Privileged indeed. Amen. Blessed indeed by the Lord. Now we may not see angels, but I believe in angels even though I don't see them because our our natural eye is, is not, not conditioned. Uh, to see angels, we do not have the optical capacity to see angels. But we believe in a lot of things that we can't see. I can't see the, uh, the, the structures of an atom, yet I believe in an atom. How many here have ever seen electricity? How many here have ever felt electricity? <laughs> I haven't seen God, but I've felt God. I haven't seen angels, but I've felt their presence with me. I know He's here. I haven't seen the the structure of a nuclear field, but I know it's there. So there are many things that I am blessed with and that I can't see, but I believe in. Someone says, well, that's blind faith. You better believe it is. It is blind faith. I can't see, yet I believe. And I am blessed by so many wonderful things, and I am blessed by God, because of this. Now here's Paul's commitment. This is what he says. And if I can say this with a true heart, with full conviction, then I know in whom I have believed. Paul says these words. He said, last night an angel of the God whose I am and whom I serve. Whose I am and whom I serve. I know I belong to him, whose I am, the God I serve. I belong to him, whose I am, and I serve him, whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. Don't be afraid. Now, you and I are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. He shed his precious blood to redeem us. His hands, his feet were pierced his brow, his side, his back. He paid a terrible, terrible price to get me into the kingdom of God. I don't know why he he didn't just kick me out into space, but he didn't. He came. And now I know whose I am. I know I belong to him. I know that. Let me go back to Exodus chapter 15. We read about a... a uh, a cultural situation called bond slaves or love slaves. In that time of history, there was a a particular uh, cultural setting that people could sell themselves as a slave to a Hebrew master. It was their choice. They, They didn't have to sell themselves, but it was their choice. You see everything in God is a choice. Listen to what I'm t- saying now. Uh, listen to what I'm talking about here. It's Hebrews 20 uh, it's Exodus 21. The, the there were men who were heavily in debt. Most of all all of the slaves sold themselves to pay off a debt. And they would find a master that was kind and benevolent and they would go to that master and they would form a contract, and they said, would say, I will sell myself, give me the money, I'll sell myself to you, and, and I'll work for you for six years. At the seventh year, I go free. But I now you give me the money, and I'll pay off the debt. Now, the a contract always included a house to live in for the slave and his family, uh, food, the master was responsible for providing food, and also the master paid them a small income. I mean, that was a pretty good deal. Here these men were destitute. They may have even been imprisoned because of their debt. But they would go to this man and they would say, I'll serve you for six years. Well, at the end of six years, if everything went well, the master was a benevolent person, uh, now the slave is going to go free, the slave would think, well, where am I going to go? I have a house that I've lived in for six years. I've had all the food that I wanted. I didn't have a house before I came to this man. I didn't have food before I came to this man. I was in debt over my head before I came to this man. This man blessed me with shelter. This man blessed me with food. This man blessed me with a family. This man blessed me with an income. Where am I going to go? Back out there and be destitute again? He would say to the master, Sir, if you will have me, and leave me in this house, I'll serve you the rest of my life. This is a good planned program. I even you're even paying me a salary. So the master then would take the servant to the judges of the community, they'd put up a post, and they would bore his ear. Now, what I'm telling you is is Exodus chapter 21. Please read the story for yourself. And uh He would then serve him the rest of his life. This slave would then serve the master the rest of his life. Now, let me say something here, and I want you to get this. Sometimes I wonder, who is serving whom? Am I serving Jesus, or is Jesus serving me? You see, he went to a post called a cross, a tree, and he had his hands bored. He had his feet bored. It was publicly It was an act of love. And he did it so he could be united to me and I could be united to him forever and forever. He he gave himself his love and his mercy. He did it for me. Now, can I come to him today and say, I want to be your love slave forever because you became... Can I say it? I don't know. My slave? I, I... You laid down your life for me, and you laid it down forever, an eternal gift. Now, I want to reciprocate with an eternal gift back to you. But he did it first. He took the initiative, and he gave himself my Savior and my God. Do you love him this morning? Hasn't he done good to you? You and I were destitute. We did not have the hope of life or the hope of heaven. We were in debt to God because of our sin, but we prayed a moment ago, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And he came in mercy, in grace, in love. Whose I am, Paul said, and whom I serve. Friend, when I get to that place that I know in whom I have believed, that I know whose I am, and I know whom I serve, then I know that I am cared for protected, provided for. You know, God came through Jesus and stood by me. Today, he continues to stand by you and me. His angels are with us to bless us, to minister to us, and to help us. Yes, friend, I'm not standing alone in this world, and neither are you. He saved us to save us, to be with us, to stand with us forever and ever. He didn't save you and then go off somewhere. And then only come back and visit you on Sunday mornings. No. He's with us always. Paul said an angel of the Lord stood by me. I don't want you to raise your hand. But I know some of you today. You need an angel to stand by you. You are about ready to give a hope. There's just not a whole lot of encouragement in your life anymore. And the situation has become so ominous and hurtful. And you're just about ready but you came to church. God had a, main, a, a, a message, an angel, to, a message to give to you and to bless you. Years ago, let me see if I have it here. I do have it. Years ago, there was a man by the name of Charles A. Tinley who wrote a song, Stand By Me. Anybody know, remember that? Know about that? I would like to. You know it. Okay. Reverend Tinley was born on July the 7th, 1851, right over here in Berlin, Maryland. He was born of a free mother and a slave father. He acquired his education by teaching himself how to read and write, and through correspondence, he had a fair knowledge of liberal arts studies and theological education, and he became an ordained Methodist minister. He became pastor of a church in Philadelphia. It was the church that he used to be the janitor in. Now that he had studied and prepared and became an ordained minister, that church called him back as pastor. That church had 200 members when he became pastor, and during his ministry, that church grew to 12,000 members, 12,000 members. Upon his death, it was renamed Tindley Temple, a name that it carries to this very day. When I go back to Philadelphia someday, I'm going to visit that church. Well, he wrote this, this hymn, Stand By Me. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. When the storms of life are raging, when the world is tossing me like a ship upon the sea, Lord, who rules the wind and the water, stand by me. Listen to some of this. I'm going to just go through it very quickly. I'm not going to read, read it all. In the midst of tribulation, stand by me. When the host of hell assails and my strength begins to fail, Lord, who knows all about me, stand by me. It just keeps getting gooder and gooder. (laughs) In the midst of faults and failures, stand by me. When I've done the best I can and my friends misunderstand, Lord, who knows all about me, stand by me. In the midst of persecution, stand by me. When my foes in war array undertake to stop my way, Lord, who saved Paul and Silas, stand by me. And then he concludes, verse 5, When I'm growing old and feeble, stand by me. When my life becomes a burden and I'm nearing chilly Jordan, Lord, the lily of the valley, stand by me. friend. somebody today wants to stand by you, stand with you, put peace inside you. God is with us today. We don't see him or the angels. The Holy Spirit with Jesus, but we're not alone, friend. I want to invite you to come up here and pray with me today. He cares for you. He loves you. His hands and his feet were bored in an open public testimony for you. He cares deeply, more deeply than we can even imagine or think. He cares, and he will save you today. Forgive your sins come into your heart, give you a new life, a new beginning.
1: God has given us his best in sending his son Jesus to be the ultimate sacrifice for our sins, providing the hope and salvation and eternal life to all who will receive him. If today's Healing Word message has spoken to your heart, we invite you to reach out to God in prayer right now and share your problems, heartaches, and requests with Him. And if you have not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, we invite you to pray and ask Him to come into your life and to provide the peace that is so needed in the world today. And friends, We invite you to join us in worship this Sunday at either the 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock service to experience a wonderful fellowship of believers and faith-building messages based on God's Word that is sure to encourage your faith and spiritual formation in Christ. The church is located at 1701 Enterprise Road in Bowie, Maryland. For more information, visit our website at LargoCC.org. Be sure to tune in Monday at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until then, blessings on you.